This is The Lullaby Effect with music educator and researcher Dr Anita Collins. Hello, I'm Anita Collins. This podcast is about how important it is to sing to your child and how you are actually helping them to grow every time you sing to them. This episode is the building blocks of language where we're going to ask, does it really matter what I sing to my child? I often get asked what are the best songs to sing and the answer is there are no best songs at all. It's actually about the variety of songs that you sing to your child which is important. If you've had the wiggles on repeat for the past four or five years with all of your lovely children in the car and that's all they've ever heard, that's actually not enough for them. Children's songs are very, very simple. They tend to be short, they have lots of repetition in them, the intervals between them aren't very big when you sing them, and kids remember them easily, and there's often movements that go with them. Now, that's pretty much the same as just giving kids fish and chips. If you just gave kids fish and chips all the time, it wouldn't be a nutritious diet. They need lots and lots of variety, and this is why music is exactly the same. They need to hear lots of different kinds of music because when they hear music, they're hearing what language is, that is melody and rhythm. I often get asked as well if there's any bad music for kids, and one of the parents said to me, now, my husband loves Justin Bieber, and he also loves Metallica. Is it bad that they're listening to that music? And the answer is no, of course not. It's actually about the environment in which they're listening to it. Is it the right volume? Do they enjoy listening to it? Do they seem to behave like they're enjoying listening to it? Are they listening to it in lots of different places, sometimes the car, sometimes at home? Is your husband singing along with the music? Can they hear his voice? It's actually not about the different kinds of music that there are. It's about how the kids are interacting with that music. Language development is very, very closely related to musical development. And it's actually, in the research, the area that's almost furthest developed. Very early on, they recognised that children were using their music processing network to understand language. And they wondered why. And what they found out to start with is that language is actually the two things that music is. It has melody and it has rhythm. So children are using their music processing network to sort out in language what's the rhythm and what's the melody. You're listening to my voice right now and you're hearing both of those things together. So when you listen to my voice, I am speaking my words in a certain rhythm. Some sounds are long, some sounds are short. There are spaces or silences in there and sometimes they run together very, very quickly and we have very fast notes. Now as part of all of that, my voice was also going up often with a question, and sometimes it goes down when I have something important or vital to say. So that's how we have melody and rhythm in language. When a child is listening to language, they're actually listening not to the words, but to something called prosody. Now, prosody is all that emotional content in the language. So that's why babies understand if you're upset or you're happy or you're angry or you're concerned, they can hear it in your voice. That's a combination of the rhythm and the melody. Once they start to realize what the emotional content is, they start to listen to the language as separated from everything else. 
So this is called hearing speech in noise. Once they can hear speech, they then start to take it apart, a bit like when they build a building with blocks and then they suddenly start taking all the blocks out. They're starting to figure out what are the building blocks of language by almost taking it apart from a whole rather than putting it back together. You're listening to The Lullaby Effect with music educator and researcher Dr Anita Collins, a Kindling Kids Radio podcast. If you're loving this series, you might also enjoy Kindling Conversation, a non-judgmental podcast for parents, offering stories, tips and expert advice on navigating the world with small children, helping you to thrive, not just survive. So it seems quite a magical experience when a child is able to actually speak. And it usually happens in a sort of effective kind of way when they're two and a half or three years old. We start to get short sentences. We start to get words we can recognize. But so much more has gone on before that. So what happens is they first separate speech from noise. So they say that's someone talking, that's language. Here's a whole bunch of other noise over here. As soon as they've done that, they then start to hear the rhythm and melody. So the way we know this happens is that wonderful time when kids start to babble and their parent can understand them, but no one else can. And what they're actually doing is using rhythm and melody to have language, but they don't realize yet there are spaces in language. There are words. There are times when you stop. There's times when you start. What then happens is they start to hear the starts and the ends of words. And if you're listening to my voice now, you can hear all the different words, but they haven't got very big spaces in between them. So that's a really tricky thing for kids to do. Then what they do is they start to separate out the fact that there is a start to the word and an end to the word. But interestingly, the first sounds they understand are vowels. And the main reason is there's so many of them. They get repeated over and over and over again. Then they start to understand consonants and they start to hear the starts and the ends of words. And that's when we start to, instead of babbling, babies get these much shorter sentences, but you can actually hear definable words in there. Now, to do that, their ears are working like crazy to understand all the sound around them. And what they do is they use their music processing network. Just have a think about saying language is actually music to start with. And they start to use that processing network to actually take language apart, to realize the starts and end, to hear the difference between a vowel and a consonant, when a sentence starts, when a sentence ends. So by the time they're two and a half or three and they're coming out with these wonderful short sentences, they have done an enormous amount of work in their brain to figure out how to do that. Babies who've had a lot of exposure to music and to song actually develop their language far earlier. So what's called language acquisition, when they're actually able to speak. For kids that have done lots of musical activities, listened to lots of music, done lots of singing with their parent, listened to lots of singing from their parent, actually develop the ability to communicate far sooner, months and months and months earlier than children that have not had all of those conditions. Now, if we think about it, the ability to express yourself as a child, to talk about what you want, what your feelings are, that is an enormous jump. And it is incredibly helpful as a parent when that step happens. So by giving them 
music and singing and exposure and all those sorts of things beforehand, it's actually contributing to them developing far quicker in their ability to communicate with language. So let's get back to the question for this podcast. Does it really matter what I sing to my child? And the answer is no and yes. Children need an enormous amount of variety of language. One of the things that we know about disadvantaged children is they literally hear less language before the age of five. And this contributes to their delayed development in language. So the more children hear beforehand, and it can be absolutely anything, the more language they hear beforehand, the quicker they will understand language. It's literally that simple. The more information they get, the better they will be later on. And that acquisition of language continues. They learn to speak and communicate earlier, which also means they tend to learn to read earlier, which means they also tend to understand language, things like syntax and new words, far quicker as well. So it's not just a one-off, they learn to speak earlier. They actually are set up for life in terms of their ability to communicate through language. You've been listening to The Lullaby Effect, brought to you by Kindling Kids Radio. For more on lullabies, subscribe to The Lullaby Effect wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please rate us and give a review. It will help us spread the word and reach more parents. Thanks for your support. Mm-hmm.